you're listening to a sermon from Iron City Church. We encourage you to use this podcast only as a supplement to your regular attendance or membership of a local church that faithfully preaches the gospel. If you're in Birmingham, we would love for you to visit Iron City. See more details at our website, ironcitychurch.org. Beloved, what are we celebrating? Better yet, who are we celebrating? Not just this week, but every week we gather. Turn to Titus 2, the book of Titus chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 13 tonight. Uh, Kids, you might be new to looking at the Bible, so just a heads up, the big numbers are the chapters, the little numbers are the verses, and Titus chapter 2 is on page 938 of those black Bibles around you, page 938. We're wrapping up our Advent series. So kids, last week I said that word Advent means the arrival of an important thing, event, or person. And the main thing, the main event, the main person is Jesus Christ. Christians are waiting on His arrival. As we see in our passage tonight and as we celebrate at Christmas, Jesus came once and praise be to God, He is coming again. Are you waiting on Him? Are you waiting on Him? Let's take a few minutes thinking about that question from the book of Titus. Titus was a pastor in a place called Crete, uh, which is the largest of all the Greek islands, and Titus uh, was coached by a man named Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote him a letter. So kids, a lot of books in the Bible are actually letters, Uh, letters like you write your friends, and Paul wrote Lots of letters to churches and pastors. Uh, So next week, for instance, we'll have Pastor Greg. He'll preach on a letter Paul wrote to a pastor named Timothy. And tonight we have his letter to a pastor named Titus. And Paul tells Titus three things. Three things the Bible says tonight. And here is the first. Number one, God's grace has appeared. Point number one, God's grace has has appeared. Let's look at our passage together. We're looking at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, but let's just start with verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, the Word of God says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Friends, this, this verse clearly says God's grace has appeared. Now, grace is a word we hear so often in church that we can sometimes forget that not everyone knows what it is or what it means. But kids, when you hear grace, I don't want you to think of what it is, but who it is. And who the passage is talking about tonight is Jesus. Jesus. Beloved, that last point of our sermon last week was that Jesus has come, and this is exactly what Paul is saying tonight. The grace of God has appeared. And notice that word appeared is in the past tense. Paul is talking about something that's already happened, specifically when Jesus came to earth the first time. And he came as a baby, an infant with real skin, and real toes. People could see this grace, this Jesus with their eyes and touch him with their hands, for the grace of God had appeared, meaning Jesus showed up. He he became visible. Friends, it's amazing how the Bible keeps saying the same things. Jesus has come. The grace of God has appeared, and the Bible continues to flesh out that same sermon. 
Last week, the Bible said Jesus will be born and his name will be Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And what do we see tonight in chapter 2 of Titus, verse 11? Look with me again. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Salvation. Salvation. Kids, what that word salvation means is that Jesus, like Jane said, is going to rescue people, save his people. And he did that by dying for his people. So kids, this is the story. This is the truth. We have all done things that aren't right. We have all not listened to mom and dad. We've all hit our brothers and sisters. We've all been disobedient. And kids, it's not just kids who disobey, but parents, grown-ups, we mess up too. Parents, you might have lost your temper, even recently, even today. And there are many other ways we grown-ups disobey. But praise God, grown-ups, kids, Jesus loved us even when we were disobedient. And because he loved us, he came as a baby, and that baby became a boy, and that boy became a young man who grew up and became a man who traveled all over teaching people about God's kingdom. And that man gave his life for you so you could be in his kingdom. Friends, Jesus died so you could have life. You see, kids, the punishment for our sins is death. That's what all people deserve for their sins. But Jesus appeared and brought salvation for all those who would trust in them. He did that on the cross in our place for our sins. So hear me clearly, Jesus died in the place of sinners. Earlier we talked about how this time of year can be sad, right? Jesus died, that's sad, but this time of year can also be happy because Jesus didn't stay dead. In fact, three days after he died, he was raised back to life. And kids, if you leave your sins and trust in him, you will be forgiven of all your sins for all time. You will be saved. If you want to be saved, kids, talk to your parents. Come talk to me after church. Kids, grown-ups, this is the great gift of Christmas. Salvation. And this gift is for all people. Did you see that in our verse? Look again. This grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now, you might be thinking, hey, pastor, last week the Bible said Jesus will save his people. It did. But this week it's saying he brought salvation for all people. It does. Friends, what the Bible is teaching us here is that Jesus' people are made up of all different kinds of people. Jesus is not just saving people from this country or people who are this many years old or people who go to this school. He's saving all kinds of people. Matter of fact, we didn't cover these other verses, but earlier in our letter, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, right before verse 11, Paul speaks about young men and old women and and young men and old women and all these different kinds of people because Jesus is saving all different types of people, just like Pastor Dustin read about earlier. And Jesus is saving diverse people for a reason, and here it is, that we might be holy. Beloved, God's grace makes us holy. Point number two, God's grace makes us holy. So point number one, God's grace has appeared. Point number two, God's grace makes us holy. Let's look back at our passage. Chapter two, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared 
bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So God's grace, Jesus, is training God's people to be holy. But Pastor Isaac, what does it mean to be holy? Great question, dear Christian. To be holy means to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. It means saying no to our sinful desires and yes to godly ones. That's what renouncing or forsaking ungodliness is. It is saying no, sir, to sin. So kids, next time you want to do something bad or disobedient, you look at those ugly little desires in your heart and in the strength of God's Spirit, you say, no, sir. Can we all, grown-ups and kids, just practice saying no, sir, together? Let me hear you say, no, sir. No, sir. Beloved, you're going to have to be a little bit louder if you want to scare off your sins, okay? So we're going to do this one more time. Let me hear you say loudly what you're going to say to your temptations. Let me hear you say, no, sir. Amen. That sounds like some people who want to fight sin in the new year. But we're not in the new year yet, are we? We're not in the future. We're simply in the present. December 24th, 2023. Friends, I want you to see the movement of time from in our passage from past to present. Verse 11, Jesus appeared in the past so that we might be holy in the present age. Jesus' past work leads to our holy work, our good work today. I want to be clear about this, beloved. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Did you know this? Did you know Titus is a book about godliness, about good works? Chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul wrote this letter for the sake of godliness. Chapter 2, verse 14, Jesus gave himself to purify people for himself who are zealous for good works. In chapter 3, verse 14, Paul says, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. Iron City Church, we want to be loving people in 2024. That's what God is doing in us, helping us do that, devoting ourselves to good works. Let me give one last thought here before our last point to encourage you. And that's to remember that while the Bible says we are to live godly lives, it doesn't say we are to live perfect lives. So friends, I want you to see that word training in verse 12. That word ends in ing, meaning this is a gerund, a present participle that speaks to an ongoing action. I give you that English lesson to say that we are works in progress. Right? When you're learning to ride a bike, you put on training wheels because you are being trained. You're still learning. Likewise, beloved, we're still learning to be godly. We're still learning to ride the bike of holiness. So don't beat yourself up when you fail, when you sin, when you fall off the bike of holiness. Rather, rest in Christ and rejoice in Christ because the truth is you don't have to keep beating yourself up. Because Jesus was beaten for you already. He saved us, Titus says, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Beloved, God's grace has appeared. 
God's grace makes us holy, and God's grace makes us wait. Third and finally, God's grace makes us wait. Point number three, God's grace makes us wait. Let's look back at our text, starting in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so last week, uh, the text was bookmarked by promises. She will bear a son. He will save his people. This week, our text is bookmarked by advents, the comings of Christ. The grace of God has appeared. There's coming number one in verse 11, and we wait upon the glory of our, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's coming number two in verse 13. Before I go any further, let me just highlight what the text seems to clearly say here, that Jesus is God, our God, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, Jesus is God, and Jesus is coming back in glory. The first time he came humbly, the second time he's coming gloriously. The first time he came to save, the second time he's coming to judge. As the Apostles' Creed says, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Friends, Jesus is coming again to bring his people home. When he does, at that time, there will be no second chances. Come to Jesus today if you haven't. And if you have, let me just ask, is this text true of you? Is this text true of you? Beloved, are you waiting on Jesus? You know, I've had to ask myself this. One of my kids this past week, they were sitting at the table, and they were really sad. And so Megan, my wife, and I, we came over, and we were like, hey, what's up? And you know what my kids said? They said, it's just so hard to wait on Christmas. They were dead serious when they said this. They wanted Christmas that bad. Sisters and brothers, is that how badly you want Jesus? If someone were to see you, would they almost ask, what's wrong? And could you say, it's just so hard to wait on Jesus. I want him to come back. Beloved, I'm not trying to be a downer on Christmas Eve, but remember that Jesus really is the best. He really is the greatest. Uh, this Christmas, I bought myself an early Christmas gift. Uh, there were some dope shoes I really wanted. Uh, so I ordered, ordered them, waited on them, and they came, and you know, they're cool, they're great, they fit, praise God, I was a little worried about that. But you know what? These shoes, they're nice, but they aren't Jesus. I had a little letdown when I put them on, like, man, these are cool, but they're not Jesus. <laughs> Beloved, let's want Jesus to come back. Verse 11 talked about the past. Verse 12 about the present. Verse 13 points to the future when Jesus will come back. Let us wait on that future with eagerness. And let's ask God to make that future a present reality. Let's pray for that now. Let's pray. Oh God, we've talked about waiting a lot these past few weeks. And for thousands of years, your people waited on the first advent of Christ. 
Now it's our turn to wait on his second advent. God, we confess that too often we're not really waiting. We're too busy, too distracted. So help us to remember that Jesus really is coming back, that this is real, Lord. Help us to feel it in our bones, to even taste it now as we turn to your table. Amen.